0: Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast. We are the college admissions podcast for the students, by the students. Today, we have a special episode for you. Alexandra and I are joined by her boyfriend's cousin, right? Okay, her boyfriend's cousin, Ethan. He goes to school over in the UK at uh, Imperial College. So he's going to come and tell us about what it's like to apply for college in the UK and also go to high school in the UK, which I have no clue what it's like. Ethan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Hi. Hi. It's nice to be here.
0: Yeah, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself for for the listeners?
1: Okay, so I am currently just having finished second year at Imperial, studying materials engineering. I did school all the way through in England, doing so four A levels in England. Uh, so I did chemistry, physics, math, and further maths. Beyond that, there's not much much interesting about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, all the Americans are like uk schools what are a levels and all this other stuff so
1: what are a levels so a levels are the way we do it in england it's pretty similar to how i understand it in america except they cut away a lot of the fuzzy parts that aren't all that important for your further Mm. education uh which means we come into college with slightly more understanding but we have a little bit less variance so i haven't done history for five years uh I haven't written an essay for English. I haven't read a book for two Congratulations. years. Congratulations. Uh, if, if that's how you <laughs> see it. Uh, words are confusing. <laughs> but uh, so A-levels, it's, the tricky bit in England is you have to know what you want to do as young as possible. Mm-hmm. And you're really siphoned into a single route by the time you're 16 wow. or 17. Uh, which is tough for some people. And I wouldn't advise it to any Americans who are thinking mm-hmm. about coming over if you really don't know what you want to do. If you do, it means you get to skip a year of college because uh, we only have three years to a bachelor's, four years oh, to a okay. master's. Uh, so that's where it comes in strong. Uh, but if you don't know what you want to do, you're, I have, I've had X number of friends who have found themselves lost wow. at 18. Uh, and that's really tough. Once you've decided on your A-levels and they sort of cover a standard curriculum, it's a two-year program where you're going through, it'll be about 20 to 15 to 20 lecture hours a week on each subject. And then it's standard high school. You did homework, I did homework. You wrote papers, I wrote papers.
0: Now, when, when do you have to choose what A-levels you want to be taking in high school?
1: So through high school, our high school starts at year nine, which is your okay. eighth grade. And so at that point, you choose GCSEs. That's 12, and you have to do English, you have to do math. You have to do at least one science. Mm
0: -hmm. So these are like the general education type things.
1: Yeah, which is 10 of them, which is closer to what I guess is SATs for you. Although my understanding of the American system is worse.
0: I mean, I guess our, I guess maybe APs, although that's just like a form of testing.
1: Okay, then I could be completely wrong. So our GCSEs, which for the Harry Potter fans out there are like your OWLs.
0: Oh, okay. This makes total sense
1: now. I try and explain to the layman. Uh, so that is the, the general form of things. And then once you finish those, which would be in year 11 or 10th grade, at that point, you've had to have chosen your A-levels, okay. which you start for 11th and 12th grade. So
0: what happens in the middle of 11th grade? I decide I hate Precisely. I hate chemistry. I want
1: to do English. I want to learn history. I want to read some books. Can I do that? Completely. You don't have to do math. You say, go away history. You have to have done it at GCSE, but for the most part, because you're doing 10, you're gonna have been doing what you need to have done. You can say goodbye to just about anything you want. Really, the only thing is that at university level, you have to know what you, what sort of courses you're gonna look into. So for me, I want to do engineering. Any engineering degree would have expected me to have done a math A level. If I didn't have that math A level that I decided to do at ages 15, I wouldn't have been able to do engineering oh my gosh basically basically
0: if you're like in your senior year or 12th 12th grade of high school the last year of high school and you suddenly decide you want to be an engineer but you've only done history a level or english a level you're kind of stuck is is there another way for you to take the math a level
1: uh you'd have to go through the syllabus or self-teach i had a friend who decided halfway through he didn't want to be an engineer and wanted to be a doctor and ended up having to teach himself uh, two semesters of work in the final semester. Uh, and it's just that messed up.
0: I don't know if I could decide, I don't know if I even have decided what I want to do, and I'm not, I, I'm in college, so I can't imagine having to do it in, in high school.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I guess that's the sort of way they see it, in that, yes, you have to make some choices early, but it's better than making the choices later on when you're already further down a path. Right. And the other side of things is that how much does a college grade matter at this point? We're going to change our job ten times by the time we die, uh, at which point maybe the college isn't the most important thing. I would strongly suggest to any younger listeners out there that not to get too worried, because we put so much pressure on ourselves and our entire educational system... Sorry for the aside. But no, this is true. Our entire educational system puts so much pressure on us as young people. Absolutely. There's all this mental health stuff I have to give a brief shout out to uh min son suck who was just killed himself in my grade oh my god college, i'm so sorry which is sort of a byproduct of uh this system i'm talking about so please guys don't put pressure on yourself it's not gonna matter in 10 years wow okay no. back to it apologies for the shorter side <laughs> no, that
0: was no that was no i think it's a really true thing i think everywhere everybody's especially you know like i have relatives in high school in china right now and Right? they're all cramming for that one test that will determine college yeah. and to them that's everything mm-hmm. because that's what they've worked their entire lives for which to me is just, just yeah crazy
1: mm-hmm. so i guess the next bit would be once you've decided your a-levels and you're moving through yeah. everything
0: so so like you're in you're in year what like you're 10 and you've decided your a-levels
1: so you've decided your a-levels <laughs> in 10th grade then you sit your first round of exams, your OWLS, your GCSEs, uh, which are we've all sat standardized tests. They're pretty standard. They're, there's a lot of them. You you spend six weeks doing exams pretty much every day, uh, but they're not that difficult. If I'm sure everyone out there is are relatively intelligent mm-hmm. listeners, uh, and it's a matter of memorization. I don't. I could go for ten minutes on how terrible the fact that we judge intelligence on memorization is, and I won't today. <laughs> Uh, you can come back on another podcast. but We'll rant together. Uh, clearly, I have more to say than I thought I did. <laughs> so, what would you like to learn next? So, you finish up
0: your your GSEs, right? Um, you finish up. Yep. You, you take the A-levels. Um, after you take your A-levels, you apply to college,
1: right? It's worse There's than more. That. It's so much worse. We're, we're digging into the, the brokenness of the English system. You apply to colleges at the beginning of your final year of high school. Uh, So to start with, you have to write a uh, standard Mm -hmm. essay. It's all in UCAS. It's a thousand words. It's about you and why you want to do that course. Uh, You guys, from what I understand from my friends here, you guys have a lot harder essays to write. This is just a general essay that can be sent to every college. The difficulty with that is that you can't specify what Mm -hmm. college it is. If you're someone who wants to apply to a couple of different grade couple of different courses you have to make it general enough for me i had uh so i study materials engineering but i also wanted to be able to apply to some chemical engineering courses so i couldn't mention materials uh i can't or i could but i had to do it in a specific way that made it for, so that the colleges that i applied to for chemical engineering didn't realize that they were a fourth or fifth choice wow
0: is Is, is there Uh, a way for you to, because you have to send it to every single school, is there a way for me to both apply as an engineering major and as an English major?
1: No, I, I, the, the, the obvious answer is no. And normally your A-levels would preclude, preclude you from that anyway. Uh, but unless, without going into too many of the details, uh, really you can only send one essay. It's all done through UCAS. I would strongly suggest anyone, uh, who's interested in applying to English colleges to check out the UCAS website. They have incredible stuff. And that's where you'll make your account that will to choose all of your applications. It takes about 10 minutes to make an account.
0: So let's talk more about the essay, because I think that's probably the hardest part of college applications in the U.S. that is. And one thing, yeah. at least in American college admissions, is that these admissions officers love personal Personal statements they really want to like dig deep into who you are and, and what you do and sometimes it's not even that helpful to talk about what you're studying or what you did in school or your academics is 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 that different than what it is in the uk is the uk more focused on academics
1: in the uk i was told to not make more than one paragraph about uh more than one paragraph around really peoples. uh maybe that was because I'm not the most interesting (laughs) extracurricularly. I play rugby and I direct plays, but beyond that, it's uh, very little. And if I can do it in 30 words on here, then I didn't need two paragraphs. Uh, But what they really want is why you're passionate about what you want to do. If that's materials, why do you want to do materials? Uh, What do you have in your heart that's told you that since you were a child, you wanted to do this? Uh, Because that's really what they're looking for at those top schools at Oxford, Cambridge. Uh, Imperial lse blah 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 blah.
0: So, so do do those essay, do those types of essays look like you know you talking about how you've always gotten A's in science classes, or or is it slightly more kind of like narrative story like
1: the the way I approached it, and the way I was taught to approach it by schools and people I had spoken to was it should be why do you want to do this course is the question mm-hmm. you're answering. Uh, and then if you wanted to put two paragraphs at the end into as to why should we choose you, you can. But you're not trying to sell yourself. You're trying to sell them to yourself right. almost. Uh, you're trying to say, this is what I've always wanted to do because I went to a lecture when I was 12 that told me about the materials in nuclear re- re- reactors right. or whatever. And it showed me that this was the most beautiful thing. And since then, I've read XYZ. And um, this, this and this and worked in this lab to further my understanding. It doesn't have to be super in depth into the science, but you want it to have a, to show that you you're interested beyond just the book. So I guess you
0: can talk about extracurricular activities if they're related to, to the coursework, right? So, you know, there's a lot of people here who do science Olympiad and if they want to apply as like a science STEMI major to, to a UK school, could they talk about that extracurricular activity?
1: and they they should do and you you want to maybe when i say extracurricular i mean the stuff that is your sport or your music or anything else uh that stuff is great you just need to frame it in a way that it has something to do with what you're applying i see so i did this to learn this because i wanted to learn this and i didn't feel like the curriculum at my school was teaching me enough about it uh it's all about proving that you've gone above and beyond what should be expected of you to do at school. At those at that top level. That's that's the essay.
0: In America we have something called the Common App, which is basically the equivalent to to the big website where you used to apply to all the schools. And one of the sections on there is actually like a list of your extracurricular activities. Um do you have a similar opportunity to talk about what you do outside of school or does that actually just like not
1: matter at all? Uh so that should be that last paragraph. It should be a hundred words at the end of your your personal statement should only uh and that really you enter your grades your name your school and then the personal statement and it gets sent off do you have to get teacher recommendation letters at all uh now this is me racking my brain back from three years ago i believe so if you went on to the uh in fact i'm sure you do you get one teacher to recommend write you a letter of recommendation that can be anyone you probably want it to be a teacher who does the course that you do uh or that you want to do rather but from my memory it was a matter of it being one email to one teacher and getting something back in a week wow
0: that is a lot less stressful than getting yeah. correct letters here <laughs> So when the teachers write the rec letters, I don't know if you, you saw your rec letters or, or even if you know what they were talking about, but do you think the best teacher rec letters for UK schools are ones that focus on like your grades and what you do in class versus how they got to know you outside of class?
1: So I feel like the common theme we're picking up in the with the English system is that it's very much focused on your attainment within the, mm, the confines okay. of the school will, walls. Uh, and I think that you want the teacher to show exactly what you've been trying to show with the personal right. statement. I remember from reading mine three years ago and that it was constantly talking about how many questions I asked mm. and how I was always looking to further my understanding beyond right. the syllabus. And that sort of thing I think is what they're looking for.
0: Right. Okay. So basically everything is very tied to, to academics and, and why you want to do the particular course. Everything else sounds like it's kind yeah. of fluff to admissions officers.
1: Yeah. I, I I believe so and uh, I guess that also is partly because in the English system you apply to a course you don't apply to a college so there's way more information they have about you going in because I'm not apply I didn't apply to Imperial College I applied to Imperial College to read material science uh whether I chose to transfer then it would have been a difficult matter but I could have Okay. So, so there is
0: a possibility, like if you decided to become an English major, it's actually possible to, to or to like
1: read English, I guess, is, is, is it's possible to do it? Probably not. Uh, if I had decided to do chemical engineering, it might've been, uh, but it's, it's all layers. And maybe if you could prove that you had done an A-level or whatever. And from American standpoint, it's probably way more possible because you've got that education right, up to, right. that, to, to the end of high right. school level. For me, as I say, I haven't had to write a history essay or an essay on a poem for six, seven years now, uh, since I was 14, <sighs> wow. 15.
0: Yeah, I guess English professors wouldn't wouldn't want that, wouldn't, wouldn't appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I get, I, I'm definitely picking up the sense that it's definitely more focused on academics. But one other question I have is is a question about timeline, because you're, you're submitting all this. The beginning of your last year of high school but you take your a levels at the end of the final year of high school
1: okay yeah we've doubled around to the 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 true yeah. terribleness <laughs> that is the british system uh so once you got that essay done and it as i'm sure it's the same within america where you it's a month or two month back and forth between teachers and students to get the perfect right, version right. uh or get the, the best version because it's all about getting it down below that 1,000-word limit. Uh, once you've done that and you've chosen your courses and you've submitted the UCAS, then you do your A-levels. Or And while you're studying your final year of A-levels, you go to the colleges. You'll get some people asking you to come in for interviews. Uh, some of them will ask you to come in for a university open day, quote-unquote, uh, which will, you should prepare for as an interview. A lesson I learned the hard way that they'll... Uh, They'll show you around, they'll give you a couple of talks on uh, why you should join this place, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And then they'll show you to a professor's room. In general, unless it's Oxford, Cambridge, and a couple of other colleges, the interviews will be more of a formality than anything else. Uh, You should, I believe, once that, even at Imperial, which is a hard place to get into by any means, I think at the interview level, it's about 70% acceptance. They're really just making sure that you're not a robot.
0: Um, so is the interview then less about the academics? Will they ask you personal questions?
1: So that depends. The, le- the less difficult to get into colleges, I found that they were more personal questions, more frames as a conversation where they're just trying to get to know mm-hmm. you as a student. Uh, they weren't things to worry about. They might ask you one question, but it almost felt like a lesson where it was an open-ended conversation where he's explaining something to me, Seeing if we get along as a process. But it never really felt like it was a matter of trying to work out if I'm good enough to go to that college. Uh, I think that was mostly done by the personal statement. And predicted grades are another thing I should mention because I've completely Mm -hmm. forgotten. Uh, The other thing that UCAS does is they ask you to predict your grades for your teacher. I don't know how that would work with your teacher to predict your grades, rather. So they might say, we think you'll get an A. We think you'll get an A star. And that just goes on your form.
0: Uh, my thesis <laughs> yeah, is doing some weird is, things right yeah. now uh it what <laughs> couldn't teachers like uh you know make something up or, or like not be accurate or you know i feel like this is a point of failure in the system
1: uh it is completely a point of failure and it is certainly a position of ac- uh inaccuracy whether it matters that much and also teachers don't there's Certain ways that teachers don't like having. If you predict an A star to a student and they go to Oxford and they get absolutely embarrassed, it doesn't look good right, for the school right. because then Oxford is thinking, why are you sending us this riffraff? Uh, and it doesn't look good for the teacher because then there are all sorts of questions of morality that for come sure. into play. Uh, and there will be, at the end of your penultimate year, mock tests that don't mean anything but that give them a grade that they can base I it on. See. From my experience, it meant very little the mock tests and the teachers did whatever they really wanted. <laughs> uh, but there are tests that they can base it on and it won't deviate hugely far I from see. that.
0: So, so, I mean, but you eventually get your actual A-level score back though, right? Yeah,
1: it's a bit late. Uh, we'll get to there in the story. <laughs> Tell the story. Uh, so with, with your projected grades in hand, you show up to these interview days. They get to know you. I'll come back round to Oxford interviews for those who are interested because they're Mm -hmm. slightly different. They'll have a conversation with you. They'll show you around. They'll tell you this is why we're the best school. This is why you should come here. Send you on your way. Then in a few weeks, months, at some point over the course of the year, they'll give you an offer. Now, this offer says we will take you and uh, you are more than welcome to study here, provided you get these grades. Okay. Okay. so for instance my offer at Imperial was 1A* star and 2A's. Uh and then you sit the A level. If you get the grades, perfect. You're set in, you're done. If you don't get the grades, then that offer is off the table. Completely. Gone. So I uh, completely off the table. I had friends who did worse than expected in the results day and found out they didn't have any place to go. What? Yeah, that's no, where it gets really broken. That's crazy. No, that's that doesn't make any sense. It's utterly ridiculous. Uh, then there is a whole system called clearing, which is where uh, colleges that don't have enough students to fill their places uh, open their phone lines to people who didn't get the grades to go to the college oh, they wanted. Man. And it's a mad scramble to find a place oh, to go. God. But it is, it's, it's something.
0: That sounds awful, especially to be one of those kids who like, didn't get the prede- projected results or didn't get like the results they needed.
1: And so that's why the gap year tradition is slightly stronger in England, because people who find out that they don't have uh, grades they want might take a gap year, reset exams, yada, 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 trying to get what they need.
0: Wow. Well, that that's, I think, a big way the US system is, I think, probably a little bit fairer to students, because, you know, we definitely have standardized tests that matter, like the SAT and the ACT. They're starting to matter less. Yeah. But... There's not uh-huh. one sitting that determines the fate of your application, right? We, we can take it multiple times. We get the scores back before colleges see them most of the time, and we can see if we want to take it again. But I can't even imagine having the pressure of that one day that will determine the fate of my application. That's, wow.
1: Yep. Uh, so maybe uh, rethink if you're planning on applying to English <laughs> universities or, or do it after you have the grades and just take a year out. Do some work. Have some holidays. Um,
0: Well, I think one... I don't know if all UK schools do this, but I know, like, Oxford and and Cambridge have international equivalencies. So if if you're, like, an Uh IB student, for instance, a lot of the credits that... The classes or the tests that you take might, like, get you an A-level equivalent. But I don't know if that's the case with all schools or if it's just Oxford and Cambridge. Um, And I also don't know the specifics of the equivalency thing. So it might be the same thing where, you know, you do... A little bit poorly on one ib test and you're screwed
1: i'm sure there are provisions made i'm not sure if you have any listeners who are very interested in this stuff uh feel free to reach out to me with any questions uh and i'm happy to pass them on to some international students i know
0: yeah that'd be awesome okay well so that that's how you get in to to uk schools
1: in theory hopefully
0: (laughs) What is it what is it like going to I I mean, I know this is kind of a weird question to ask since you don't really have a point of comparison with an American university, but I don't know. What what is it like to go to school in the UK?
1: It I would say that your experience at a UK college will be far closer to your experience at high school. Oh. Uh than it would have then typically an American right. college would be. Because you're studying a single course, uh which makes it easier for them to pencil in lessons. I have lectures every day from nine to five, uh, nine to midday and then back to back and then laboratories in the afternoon or sports in the afternoon or blah, 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 blah. Uh, Which is a, so in that way that it's nine to 12, you wake up at the same time, you go home at the same time. It sort of feels like high school. Uh, You're dealing with the same lecturers in general from year to year uh, because they all specialize in the field.
0: That's definitely one big difference right? Because a lot of the professors is going to change from year to year, especially at bigger schools here in the US.
1: Yeah. And you don't have to, there's less choice, a lot less choice, especially in the first two years. If you're going down a scientific path in pretty much any English university, maybe not natural sciences, if you're Cambridge or UCL, but if you're going down a scientific path, you are not really making any choices until your third and final wow. year. Just because they need to get you to that baseline to make choices, which is Good. I guess the general bit of the English system is that it's great if you know what you want to do and you're very happy in that decision. Uh, If there are any cracks in the foundation of your choice, they will show by the end of the time you get (laughs) (laughs)
0: through it. So is there no room for exploration? Like if you were really interested in in taking an English class for whatever reason, is that possible to take it?
1: Uh, Most colleges, and Imperial included, provide an opportunity to do like an extra course Mm -hmm. out of it it's worth zero credit okay uh and as such once people start getting under the under pressure in the the second third year they stop doing them but for instance i was able to do a psychology course i was able to do an entrepreneurship course last year so i can do them they don't mean anything it's not really something i can put Mm -hmm. on a cv uh and i don't think if i applied to a uh say an editing job post uni saying i did an english course for one term and uh at imperial would gain that wouldn't
0: be too impressive
1: (laughs) unfortunately not but you know you never know i'm holding up
0: (laughs) yeah just stick it on the cv and 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 maybe maybe an employer will also be a one semester one term english class taker (laughs) that's the dream it's the dream one thing that i've heard from people who who go to like i think it's like king's college in like the london one
1: or there's a college in cambridge called king i think it's the london one one. um Okay. I heard yeah. that it's really spread, up,
0: you know, the campuses are really spread across from each other across the entire city of London. It's not really concentrated in one, you know, place. Um, and I, I'm sure there are schools in the UK that are concentrated, like Cambridge and Oxford. But yeah. is there, like, a general statement you can make about social life in the UK to, to give, like, a point of comparison for, you know, our American listeners?
1: Okay, social life-wise... Uh firstly if you're going to a london college do not expect it to be a campus if you're going to any of the urban colleges really manchester edinburgh uh other ones (laughs) uh you'll get uh it's way more spread out my halls were 40 minute commute so halls are like student accommodation and my halls for my first year were a 40 minute commute from the college oh Uh, oh and sort of all the halls are pretty similar like that spaced out uh so there is a bit of a commute the uh and it will be the same in manchester same in uh same in edinburgh wow. wherever the issue i mean the general issue is that they're all built in really fancy nice places and the land property in cities is way too expensive to put a bunch of students Fair there. Enough. Uh, but social life wise going back to the question it college life is college life if you search out uh you'll be drinking more because <laughs> it's legal
0: right your minimum wage is 18 right
1: yep Uh,
0: congratulations
1: (laughs) yeah that was a hugely important decision for me being born in (laughs) uh but uh so uh you'll be drinking more probably uh i would suggest to anyone who's worried about making friends to join a sports team all of the colleges have great sports programs they have to because they uh have massively problems with mental health and sports proven to help it uh so they have all great sports programs you'll be playing sport on a wednesday afternoon uh, sports great. There's as many societies as possible. It is what it is. I think, uh, from what I've seen in American colleges, the only difference is that there's less of a commute to see yeah. your friends. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wake up and, and go to class in five minutes, so I can't imagine actually having to, you know, factor in a 40 minute commute. That sounds too painful.
1: That's why they put recorded software and all the lab, the lectures.
0: <laughs> Good call. Good call. Uh,
1: Especially at 9am.
0: Oh, gosh. I have an 8am class next year. I don't know what I am going to do.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Record it.
0: Let's see if I can. It... Cross, cross my fingers that the professor is nice.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, you have... Uh... That's, I guess, one of the other big differences with English stuff. We don't standardly have attendance taken, uh, which might be huh? a positive for some people, might be a negative for others. It means you have to put a little bit more force on yourself. I guess the... The other big thing is that there's a lot less homework. Really? Okay. Uh, For me in college, thinking towards my American friends, uh, I might have to submit one piece a week. I might have to submit no pieces a week. Uh, I might have to submit... In general, I find that the out-of-class hours, for most of the time, I might do an hour a night, maybe two. What that does mean is that come exam periods, I'm working 12-hour days. Uh, I don't know how that compares to the American Hours, but it feels, compared to other people, we do a lot more concentrated around key periods, and a lot less during the time.
0: That definitely sounds about right, because I'm an econ major, so I'm kind of like fake STEM, but but the real STEM majors, right, have basically like three p sets due every single week and it's like monday wednesday friday one due at 9 a.m each day and i can't even imagine doing that so um
1: neither can i man uh yeah it's definitely nothing like that you might have a lab report due each day you have to show up to labs one day a week uh each week rather for the lab reports but for the most part i don't have homework that's getting checked up on i have if i choose to do no work no one's gonna know until i show up to the exam which Is a lot of pressure for some of you and to all the listeners, I would say, think about yourself and whether you find it easy to push yourself by yourself. That was a lot of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if you don't, if you're not someone who can work under your own force easily, English College might not be the best because there's a lot less time to check up. You have to be way more proactive in terms of asking for help. Uh, Office hours are made much less available. Lecturers... Don't often answer emails. Okay. Uh,
0: are, are the TA's? So if how are the TA's?
1: Are are there TA's? I, I, there aren't TA's. I don't know what you mean by. Or I guess we have Grad like student uh, helpers, PhDs. They they'll look after your labs, but for the most part, I. There's no one I can reach out to beyond friends who are a year older than me.
0: Oh, okay. So this is definitely one big difference because, you know, in, in, in almost every single American college that I have friends at, there's like a recitation period after a lot of STEM classes where you have a grad student or a PhD student kind of walk you through the lecture, the key parts of the lecture again. Is that a, is that a thing?
1: No, that does not happen. Uh, If you're lucky, the lecturer might stay for five, 10 minutes to answer questions uh, but really there's nothing like that. You'll have to hope that they'll respond to your email or you can show up to the one hour a week they make themselves wow. available.
0: My face is doing a thing again where I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> uh, we're,
1: we're learning that there might be a reason you guys pay so much more for your education.
0: <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, okay, so that is a huge difference between, between schools in the UK and, and schools here. Um I don't know. Can you can you think of other, you know, big differences that you might see between a school in the in the UK and a school here?
1: Uh in general, I think those are the, the major ones mm. covered. Uh now I did promise that I would talk about Oxford yes, interviews. Please. Uh just so you don't get angry emails <laughs> at some point over the next few days. Uh what I would say for Oxford interviews, the the major bits is you should get ready to be sat in front of two professors who know more about whatever subject you're interested in, than you ever will. Uh, And they are looking to see what you know and what you don't know. Now, they don't necessarily care about how much knowledge you have. They're looking for how quickly you can get involved. Uh, There are some great books uh, that I can't remember off the name, but once again, feel free to send me an email and I will find them. That will provide you questions. Uh, But for instance, I was, for me, I was shown a molecule that I have never Mm -hmm. seen in my life and I probably never will ever see again. And they just asked me to start... They started giving me pointers. They didn't expect me to know it. Uh, but they wanted me to just go through it slowly mm-hmm. with them. And they were looking for you to just pick up on those things quickly. What you can do is do brain teasers. Whatever questions you're looking for, the way I found most useful and what I wish I had done more beforehand, because I think it would have been the most useful, is anytime you had a question about anything you read to do with your topic, whether you're reading your book, whether you're reading the Financial Times for mm-hmm. Econ... Look it up and don't just look up on the surface. Don't get some answer that you can nod your head and be like, that made sense. L- read everything you can. Find core questions online because those are the questions they're going to want you to ask. They want you to in- be able to investigate that subject so deeply. They want to see that you're willing to think about it on a below surface level.
0: Oh. So these are really like content uh, heavy interviews. I guess I shouldn't be so surprised because that's just, that
1: seems to be just how the interview is. That's, that's the works. British system, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I might've said my name uh, and shook hands with the, the the two people interviewing me and beyond that is questions wow. uh and it will and as i say it's the sort of thing you can't let yourself get down if you get something wrong probably fine my imperial interview i didn't answer a single question right uh i left that thinking i would never get in here but you are they gave me the offer because you it's just about how you can think in the questions you ask uh i would say be genuine and be interested if you're I think what they're really trying to sort out in that those interviews is how, just like with the personal statement, how much do you really want to do this course? And maybe that's a product of the British system, because as I say, if you aren't 100% certain with the course, it's going to come out of you right. at some point. Uh, and so if you're not interested in a course, find something you're interested in and just read and read and read. And if that feels too boring to do, it's probably not something you want to spend your next three years yeah. doing.
0: Yeah, I, I feel... A lot of pressure just thinking about having to make that choice, and I actually <laughs> have to make that choice in a couple of months, so <laughs> I'll figure it out.
1: Best of luck to you, buddy.
0: <laughs> um, are there any? I, I know you said there are some books that might help people prepare, but are there like general preset questions that you might expect to get asked, or, or is that, or is it like changed based on the course and based on the, pr- the professor?
1: It will change based on everything. That there's, there's no, no real
0: list that you can.
1: Wait, there are. There will be books that have questions that just are designed to get you to think in the right way. Uh, that I can't remember, but I will send you an email. You can do a little pre- post recording. Uh, as far as the the uh, the books that the or the questions that might come up, I had a couple of people who have, or a couple of friends who said it was like standard like critical thinking stuff that might come up. The uh, how many pound coins build to the moon, or how many people are in a how many people can you see in a stadium or the, the standard critical thinking that we've all heard and being like, Oh crap. <laughs> right. Uh, how am I going to go about that? And once again, they're just looking for your thought process. They don't, if you get the answer right, if you get the answer wrong, don't put pressure on yourself, get there. Just try and take it slow. Try and stay calm and show who you are as a thinker. Got it.
0: All right. Um, uh, do you have any, do Perfect. you have any last words of advice for anybody applying to college?
1: Uh, stay calm. Yes. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, As I say, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Enjoy yourself. It's summer. Go to a theme park. Eat some ice cream.
0: (laughs) Keep listening to the podcast, though, please.
1: (laughs) Keep listening to the podcast.
0: Uh, All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ethan.
1: Thanks so much, man. It was lovely to meet you.
0: Nice to meet you, too. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Admissions Uncovered podcast. where the college admissions podcast for the students by the students. As usual, I'm going to do my after show plug to give us five-star reviews on iTunes. You can go to it at bit.ly aupodapple or whatever, wherever you are listening to this podcast, just because every single five-star review makes our ranking go up in the search algorithms, gives us more listeners, uh, and that makes me feel good. So please give us five-star reviews over at iTunes, bit.ly aupodapple. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you all next week.